is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. It's Mark with you. Richie Rich. And Melanie. The number is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. And freedom is on the ropes in America right now. Now, maybe that sounds ridiculous to you. Maybe it's like, well, we don't need freedom right now. Or maybe anybody who's talking about this, some conspiracy nut or whatever the case may be. You do not have freedom to spread your germs to your neighbors, no matter what. Well, I get it, right? Like you, that, that's you a, get it. I think that's the most important point that could be made, is that there is, a, there is an ar- argument here um, to be had as far as you can't just, right? Like if I have COVID-19... I shouldn't be going to Walmart and licking all the deodorants like one guy did. You shouldn't be licking all the deodorants anyway. Uh, agreed. Um, but <laughs> but people are doing it. Well, right, but they, they should get in trouble for that. So you, if you're going to make that argument, you have to distinguish between things you are allowed to do if you have COVID, COVID whatever, coronavirus, versus things you are not allowed to do. When you don't have coronavirus. And since no one knows who has it or how long they had it or how long the incubation period is, we have to presume that everyone has it, which means everyone has to stay home. That's the idea, is is that everybody has to stay home. And I would say that that is right. There's the infringement upon the freedom. And what I'd like to do is rather than taking the radioactive issue, which is COVID-19 right now, is I'd like to back it off for a second. Let's talk about the flu. Right. So here we have a disease that is long known and about a quarter is deadly and not as virulent. meaning that you can't uh, you can't pass it on as, as easily. So completely different. Not completely different. Okay. No. Um, if you if you think that the flu and covid-19 is completely different, you might be a Democrat. <laughs> right. Like I'm not saying you're dumb, but I am saying that you have a you got a horse in this race that I don't have. I'm not rooting for your horse, and I'm not rooting against your horse. I believe both of your horses are old, drunk perverts, in fact. So, I don't care. I will wait until we get a much younger drunk pervert or whatever for a libertarian candidate, um, at which point, you know, then we can start talking. But Kokesh 2020. Yeah, Kokesh 2020. <laughs> <laughs> My boy Kokesh. <laughs> um. Or Vermin Supreme with Pony Economics, or... Uh, I don't know if he fits that young category. No, nah, he's not that young. Anyway, uh, I, you know, on on one hand, people going outside with the flu would never have been considered a, an, an aggression against your neighbor, even though it is in the ballpark of as deadly as COVID-19. Yeah, COVID-19, there's some differences. There's no doubt. And I'm happy to talk about those differences. If you want to call in and discuss those differences, that's fine at 855-450-3733. But we can look at an example. And an example is the flu, and the flu is deadly. As a matter of fact, it's far more deadly if you look at it from a historical standpoint than COVID-19. Because COVID-19 was made in 2019. <laughs> you know? Or was crea- uh, you know created or evolved or whatever the terminology well, is. Well, that doesn't have... That doesn't have. That's like saying rocks are more deadly than guns. That's kind of unfair. Right. Knives might. Pointy pieces of metal might be more deadly I said than rocks. Gu- oh, well, knives. Just, but fine. Yeah, like just because they've been around longer, that's an unfair comparison. Watch out for people with rocks tied to sticks. They might try to hit you with them. 
Sure. Could have happened. But guns are still more deadly. They're more effective in killing. Um, you know, I mean, this is parsing the language. So does the contagiousness, I don't, can't think of the term, does that factor into your decision when, when thinking about the flu? Like, because COVID-19 is substantially more contagious than the average flu, which is what upsets people when they see you out and about. Well, it has a longer incubation period, which I think is the big, bigger, the biggest difference between that and any other virus. There's the, uh, as far as the deadliness of it being substantially more deadly, I would have to say that I would have to see something, well, what what question are you asking me as far as I'm would not, I will be willing to stay at home? I already stayed at home. Well, I'm not saying and more I stopped, deadly. And I stopped shaking people's hands at conventions like a decade ago. I've been, you know, I've been doing this social distancing thing long before any of these, uh, you know, hand-wringing housewives are out there, you know, shaking their finger at people. I'm not, I'm not saying more deadly, more contagious, yeah. right? It's e- more easily transmitted so it would appear. than the flu, apparently. So the current news says. Yep. So does that does that factor in when you're when you're comparing it to the flu, right? Saying so like, well, it's it's you know a cor- it's four times as deadly, which isn't that much, but the transmittal rate, right? Right. The the ability to transmit if you're going out and about or you're in a group of people, right? You're more likely to transmit COVID nineteen than you are the flu. Well, for one, I would say that again, we don't know, right? So it could be the things you touch. Don't forget, viral load is important here. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's like one. Anybody virus is floating around in the air and you're trying to kill me. Well, for one, you don't know that's floating around. And uh, they're saying that, you know, the doctors are saying we we found it 13 feet away from, uh, you know, people in the ICU. And, uh, you know, but, but the viral load's important. If you get just one virus, it's probably not going to get yeah. through. Um, you've got to have, you know, whatever X thousands of viruses in order to, you know, see that happen. I've seen one. It said runners leave an aerosol spray 30 feet behind them yes. as they're running. Yeah. Just whoosh. That whole wall of viruses and germs and contamination, 30 feet long, one runner. Right. And, you know, that doesn't spend any time talking about the sun and its decontamination uh, attributes. Uh, people want you, do not go to the beach where the salt water is, which is, uh, you know, a very, salt water is recommended for the flu and for colds uh, to shorten duration and intensity. I mean, so go to the beach. Well, yeah. Uh, get some sunlight, get some salt water in you. I'm certainly not recommending going to the docks and French kissing sailors, right? Um, I would say that you have to make your own decisions as far as how safe you want to be in this world. And that includes COVID-19. If you want to be particularly safe, home might be a better place for you. No one's trying to kill you at your house. I do think that it's a great time for us to deepen our community relationships Find people in our community that need our help. Adopt somebody who's at risk. Leave things at their door that'll help make their life better, whether it's toilet paper or baby wipes or diapers. Melanie, you just said you had a terrible time. You're having a terrible time finding diapers and baby wipes because the uh, geriatrics are running to the store an hour before everybody and buying all the, the, the wipes. Yeah, so Walmart opens for regular people at 7 and old people at 6 and... I know, so like, for baby food, I know it for a fact, because they come in those little, like, a lot of products come in little, like, cardboard containers, and they just put the tray out. The case. So they'll have that container there, but it'll be empty. They didn't put, the stockers didn't put an empty cardboard container on the shelf. What are old people doing with baby food? I don't know. Eating it. 
it's soft. They don't Can have to, get to chew it. Grandchildren? Flipping it on eBay, I don't know. If they're smart, yeah. That could be a possibility, right? And that's <laughs> that's one of these problems of rationing and how it's done. Yeah, it's a pain. So anyway, I would say that on the other hand, if you're talking about like your kid goes to school and there's a kid with a deathly peanut uh, allergy, right? It's probably best not to send your kid to school with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, even though... Yeah, sure, you have the right to feed your kid whatever you want. There's a, there's a social thing to it. You do know? I need to, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do I really need to not send my kid to school with a peanut butter jelly sandwich because some other kid has an allergy? Yes. If you choose what? to send your kid to a school and the school decides- So I have to restrict my kid's diet? Yes. Why? He's because not gonna... you're sending your kid to that school. Just send him to so a different if, one where you don't have to restrict his diet. If you're going to use, quote, use a government agency- I like to either treat them as purely government agencies or they're acting as if they're a private entity. If it's a purely government agency, then you shouldn't be sending kids into it in the first place. And that's kind of the position I would take. If you're going to say it's more like the post office and I'm using it as as a private entity, if it was a private school, they could ban peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah, but if they if they don't, how is it my maybe the my only responsibility is to tell my son or my daughter not to feed the peanut butter sandwich to the kid with the peanut allergy. So peanut allergies, uh, you know, it can aerosolize and, and actually uh, kill them if it's bad enough. But nonetheless, your thoughts: 855-450-3733-855-450. free as in free talk live. Sort of the ideas of. Uh, I think you jumped the gun on that one. What I do? I didn't hear you. I heard the radio ad while you were doing the intro, and then now I hear your voice. No, I I don't think so. Okay, you're you're listening to you're on a different feed. So oh, okay. Uh, maybe there's something some timing issue that's uh, going differently. Let me just plug you into another slot. That'll take care of that problem. Okay. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free here on Free Talk Live. Before we get to the calls. Want to tell you about AnyPay. So, AnyPay is a company that makes it possible for retailers, online retailers, you know, whatever the retailers are. Obviously, there's not a lot of retailing going on uh, bricks and mortar right now, but allows your business, wherever it might be, to accept Bitcoin Cash, Dash, a variety of cryptocurrencies. And now they've made it easy for you to accept to to earn passive income with them. So you could be a salesperson for any pay, effectively, uh, a recruiter, if you will, and find businesses around your town that are willing to take cryptocurrency, hook them up with any pay, and you get a financial incentive. You get a portion of the sales that are made in cryptocurrency. You download the AnyPay Cash Register app, add. Your cryptocurrency wallet addresses, you know how to do it. If you're doing the recruiting, you know how to do it. Then install it at a real-life business and tell them at anypayinc.com what you did. And if you need more instruction on how to do this, by all means, go to anypayinc.com. I'm just trying to tell you what you can do. How to do it is probably best found at anypayinc.com. Let's go to Shannon calling in from New York. Shannon, you're on Free Talk Live. Is it Sharon? Sharon. Terribly sorry, Sharon. I don't have my glasses on. That's okay. I like the name Shannon better. (laughs) (laughs) What's on your mind, Sharon? Well, you were talking, I kind of jumped in in the middle of it, and you guys were talking about peanut allergies and sending your kid to school with a peanut butter sandwich. Yes. Because another kid has a peanut allergy. 
son when he was in preschool and first couple of years of grade school would only eat peanut butter and mustard sandwiches, which in itself is an issue, but <laughs> he's a little bit on the spectrum, so he had to have his peanut butter and mustard sandwich or it was an issue. Anybody bad, who's had a kid. for him. <laughs> Anybody who's ever had a right. kid understands what it's like to try to get kids to eat things, and they, they feel your pain, I suspect. Right now, I'm still having and, trouble getting my kid to eat anything besides chicken nuggets, and he's 12. Correct. So, they, it was, a, it was a, a private school, as you guys mentioned, they can do that. They banned peanut butter. And I had an issue with it, so we had this big thing, and I looked like the bad guy, but what I was trying to explain was, you're... Parent of the person with peanut allergies needs to be responsible for their child. I agree. I would have to go. To, I would have to pick my child up at lunch, have him come in my car, so he could eat lunch, and then I would send him back to that school. Did you do this very so often? He had pe- would have to do every it every day, day if they banned peanut butter. So, right. So the other thing, and the only reason I did that was. Three o'clock school's over. They have Girl Scouts. They have Boy Scouts. They have other activities that are not peanut free. So when you're telling this parent that has a child that's going to have anaphylaxis that their child's safety because it's peanut free, they're so wrong. So in order to take care of the child who's peanut free, you need that to be on the parent. And the parent has to say, we need to make special arrangements for you because we cannot guarantee everybody else can adhere to being peanut-free because they can't. So were the kids keeping so, their uh, their lunch in, like, the classroom and cubby holes, or were they – did they have some their lunch, like, in a locker in the hallway, or how did this work? Um, the, the lunches were – they kept them in the cubbies in the classroom, okay. and then they would they would take them to lunch. But they, they didn't want to put the child – peanut allergy in a separate classroom to have lunch where all of his non-peanut butter eating friends could join him because that would be isolating him. And I said, well, instead, I have to take my kid into the car to have lunch, which is isolating him, and you're all giving this other child a false sense of security. Inconvenience the 29 other kids for the safety of the one. It's the way Correct. Right, and I do see that uh, what we're dealing with here is a school policy as opposed to um, sort of anything right. else. But it, like, I, I it does seem like there's a lot mother, of solutions. I, you know, like they could. Right. I felt bad for this mother, but I did try to explain to her, I'm not doing this because I'm not. I'm not concerned about your child. I'm more concerned about your child because you may think this school's peanut free. But right. when they, at 3 o'clock, let somebody else in because they're paying them to use the space and they're using peanut butter, they're not doing right by you. So right. instead, what if I want to put it out there. What if a that, kid with uh, kid. a peanut butter snack just wipes it on the underside of the desk? Um, you know, the school doesn't know about it because nothing's that clean. Right. Uh, and then, you know, they, so it, they're dealing with it again. Everybody, everybody needs to be more concerned about teaching your child how to deal with issues. And be an advocate for your child, be it being around, you know, adults that are scout leaders or coaches or whatever. Don't, don't count on somebody else taking care of your child. You need to be the one that tells your child how to deal with certain situations. It's uncomfortable for you to deal with that, but if you 
decide to do something for a five-year-old to, to not make them uncomfortable, you're not doing them a, a good service. You need to teach a child as years go on. The issues become bigger and more important. But if you're not teaching your child how to deal with the world around them, they can't live in a bubble forever. Amen Thank you that. for the call, Sharon. It's excellent points. Um, excellent points. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. I basically don't order decaf coffee out anymore. And the reason is, is it's not that, may, may, well, there's two, there, there's two reasons. A, people think uh, that, it's, that it's cool to make fun of decaf, right? And Why drink the coffee if you're not going to get the caffeine? Right. Uh, well, that's decaf the coffee still has a significant amount of caffeine in it. Sometimes it, it, just, it, it depends on the brands and their methods and, and a variety of things. So that's, that's, that's the second point is, is that you never know exactly how decaf, the particular type of coffee they have, is. Sometimes it's better and worse. Usually the nicer coffee shops, I'm not talking about the chains, I'm talking about the individual, you know, sort of individually owned coffee shops will often be pretty good. And if you sort of watch them make an Americano that they turn into a decaf coffee or something like that, that's, that's the best bet I got. Um, so anyway, what I would answer the question is of all the sanctimonious uh, people out there that say, well, I drink coffee if you're going to, is the answer is, do you like the taste of coffee? Me too. So, uh, you know, ultimately, I like the taste of coffee, but I, I can't take I just too many times that I, when I go out, I get. It's this, like a non-alcoholic beer, man. What's the point? Well, I, I understand. I like the taste, of, I like the taste of beer. Don't, do you like the taste of I beer? Don't, I don't. Okay. I don't well, drink. people like the taste of beer. That's why they sell beer. Okay. <laughs> you know, and. I would dispute many things about that, but <laughs> let's not. <laughs> well, not everybody likes the taste of beer, and I can see the point of people who say they don't like the taste of beer, but I have drank non-alcoholic beers, and they're great with pizza when I feel like having beer and pizza. All right. Fair enough. The number, 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Mark Edge, defending your rights to decaf and But not beer. defending your rights to take a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to school. Shh. Shove it down their throat. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Richie Rich. And Melanie. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. Intercoin's team spent the last decade helping communities release apps to unite their members and coordinate social activity. Now communities can release currencies to coordinate economic activity. Two, they uh, represent a soft but voluntary power, encouraging people to spend the currency on local goods and services that accept it, or to support the community with small fees when cashing out unused coins. Towns already do this to uh, battle globalism, and festivals can create an extended online community that transacts 
um, on their own year-round. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the Internet and here in the real world. We think that it's uh, that the freedom's important here at Free Talk Live, so important that Free Talk Live accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin's tokens from Intercoin Inc. for advertising. If you think freedom is important, too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps even shape its future. Intercoin.org. This could be very important. It's it's important. It it would be very important to the world if you decide it's very important to the world. Intercoin.org. It has that kind of potential. Intercoin.org. Let's go to the phones, folks. Graham in Pennsylvania. Graham, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. Um, I saw on Facebook that there was a uh, protest going on somewhere in New Hampshire against the stay-at-home orders. Yeah, there's been protests going on across the nation, but New Hampshire had one yesterday. I believe, Melanie, you so, were at it? Yes. Okay. So are there going to be, like, any legal challenges to it? I don't think that there's really... Legal challenges to what? The lockdown or the protest? The lockdown. I mean, like, people filing lawsuits uh, against their governors, against the lockdowns, so, or against the stay-at-home order? Somebody did here, and it... Never went anywhere. I believe last they time lost. Didn't they lose? I think they lost. Yeah. How'd they even get to court? Isn't it closed? Well, that that would be part of the problem. Anything else, Graham? Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, um, I don't know if I should be worried about the coronavirus or not. But the way I look at it, these uh, social distancing and these governor-ordered lockdowns or stay-at-home orders, I think they're just going to end up being an annual new way of life for us. A teacher spoke at the at the protest yesterday, and she said that the school board told her that they should prepare to have a lockdown every year. Can we just like move yeah. winter, move summer break to winter? Call it winter break. That's the lock. That's the three month lockdown. Well, I don't care when and public the- <laughs> school closes. In fact, I'd prefer it if they close more often. But Permanently. yeah, forever would be ideal. But having a lockdown is another thing that just tells that to me that's important because it indicates that there's a, they want to have a lockdown every year, which is a problem. Well, because if it's yeah. seasonal like the flu, right? Then you can predict about when it's going to start and about when it's going to wrap its, you know yearly cycle up if they want to change from summer vacation to winter vacation i do not care but people still need to go to work and leave their house yeah and i think that um so school it's is really a sort of unique case here um because here you have the people the most irresponsible of the uh, uh of the primates uh that that, that roam north america right and uh, the rest of the world children they're dirty they stick their fingers in their nose they, they I eat mean, it afterwards they'll do all kinds of vile things building uh, their immune system with dirt and bugs and- yeah they're just gross and th- this is the place that they're going to like really the virus is really going to to spread if it's going to spread it's going to spread there and then of course they're not very susceptible to it so they bring it home to grandma killer um so now, maybe maybe i don't know what the uh, specifics are but that's the danger that we're dealing with here Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this might be the real opportunity to come up with uh, online educational alternatives that really make a difference. There are good online schools out there, and there are good educational choices for your kids. And maybe, just maybe, 
this is a good idea and this is a way a direction we can go what are the purpose it's what it certainly does is point out what school is school as i've said here many times is middle class welfare babysitting day prison and people were admitting that explicitly on the complaints from parents Right, that's what they're saying, you know. Because it wasn't, oh, I can't believe my kid's not going to get an education. It wasn't, they're going to be behind in math. No. It was, I can't where get am work- I supposed to put my kid? I and who's supposed to feed him? I can't, I can't <laughs> get uh, any work done at home because I have to stay at home and work, and my kids are at home too. And this is a legitimate complaint. I'm not saying it's not. I don't know. But it's a change that we're going to have to go through. What about, what about Anything the- else, Graham? No, that's it. Thank you so much. for appreciate the call. What about the kids who learn better in the school environment? Like if you're going to teach them and that's their preferred methodology and all of a sudden you take that away from them, now they are disadvantaged. Are you admitting that some kids learn better in an online environment then? Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. That would be be a legitimate argument that I would entertain. But, well, how am I supposed to get free babysitting anymore is not. Understood. And that's the argument I'm getting. I'm just saying, I'm saying all options should be on the table because all individuals learn differently. Right. And their preferred mechanism, which they're going to educate themselves the best, should be available to them. And if you're going to close down schools and they're forced to then learn in an online environment, which doesn't suit them, that's just as egregious as forcing the people who would learn better online into the classroom setting. Yeah. And I can't answer what, um, you know, well, there's some states, there's nine states in the union, as as I hear reported, that are doing nothing. Cheers to them. To change life. Now, likely there are people there that are changing their lives and their patterns, and those and people that's, that's fine. You could, should be responsible. That was always that. allowed. Like yep. for me, <laughs> that was always allowed. You could stay in your house. You could order online. You could do any of these things. But you couldn't wear a mask to the bank, and now you can. You could go through the drive-thru in the ATM. Yeah. I, some banks are not letting you do the mask thing. Okay. Others are. It really depends. Now I had a customer who said it was fine when the bank that he chose to uh, to, to bank at. Bad Slave calling from New Hampshire. Bad Slave, what's on, on your mind? Uh, well, I want to talk about uh, peanut allergies and the right answer. What's the, the right, right answer? answer. The Freedom, right baby. Answer. Thank God somebody called in with the right answer. Unless you agree with Mark, he's going to cut you off, though. Uh, is ending uh, government schools. Uh, I call it go. I'll take any excuse for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the reason is is not because uh, it, the reason is not because we don't believe in school or education. The reason is is that any school that needs to be kept alive by uh, you know forced funding clearly wasn't the right school in the first place. Well, that's not even my reason, because I don't spend a whole lot of time protesting like the post office, even though it is, in fact, a federal agency. The reason is that they don't actually provide education so much as they provide just breaking people down and institutionalizing them. Isn't yep. that what most schools do? Yep. Well, well, yeah, not, but you I, could have a school that doesn't. I would say that it's... Uh... That private schools don't do that as much, and I and I recommend that there not be any more public schools. I recommend that that we that that they all go with private schools and self funding. I would go so much farther as to say, hey, we already have these buildings out there. We already have teachers in them. We already have staff in them. We have janitors. We have everything. Give them the building. Give them the whole thing. Give them two years warning and say, hey. You get two more Who's years of funding. Them? What's that? Who's the them? The schools, the teachers, the, the teachers, okay. uh, the, the the janitors. 
I'm not 100% sure I want to give the administ- administrators uh, the school. I mean, lots of schools survive for a long time without professional administrators. The teachers just voted on stuff. So here's the infrastructure, make it profitable, basically? Well, yeah. I mean, if if you're claiming that uh, the, the that the service that you provide is so great, and you're like, if you can read this bumper, bumper stickers, thank a teacher, right? And then surely you should be able to make a for-profit or at the very least a, um, that's a putting, private... That's putting the money ahead of the education of the children, Mark. That's not what they're focused on. What are we putting the uh, money ahead of right at this point? Because at this point, the kids are not going to school. Are they getting educated? Hopefully better if they're doing right at home. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. We'll um, see. I don't know. When you're dealing with government schools, you don't know about those numbers. Free Talk Live. Call in. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. On the airwaves, the number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-453. It's Mark with you. Richie Rich. And Melanie. And uh, some callers brought up sort of some of the obvious stuff. Uh, so Bad Slave just called in, and and, and he is a bad slave. Uh, he, <laughs> uh, in fact, said that basically... This is, well, this is our opportunity to take a look. Government schools may very well be completely useless. So right now, we have MIT offering all of its coursework online for free. And I think they've been and doing that been for, a, for a while. For a, like a, close to a, a decade. decade, yeah. And many schools are doing this stuff. And, you know, you have the Khan Academy on YouTube. Basically, you can get instruction on how to do any given thing. For free, well, for the cost of your your uh, internet connectivity, online. So, tell me, ladies and gentlemen, if educating a kid is what it's about, then why don't communities hand out cheap laptops and internet connections, which are significantly less costly than giant buildings and, you know, uh, teachers' salaries and all these other things? I mean, why don't we use modern technology to... You know, deal with this this stuff. And do, do we really want to have education be that non personal, where it's just kid in front of we? a screen? Society, Wait, the community. We, we had personal education going on before. Well, you you sit there and the teachers up front. You can ask the teacher questions. You can interject. You, know. you can. And what I would say to that is that higher levels of service have higher levels of cost. And now that we have the ability with technology to provide people extraordinarily low cost. Because the idea of having a classroom where kids went, where it was just like one class, a school marm, and um, you know nobody had shoes, uh, you know, was this is the only way that we can do this. You couldn't send a teacher to everybody's house, but now you can. You can have you can replicate the teacher a million times and send them to people's uh, class. Now some kids are going to learn better than others and that kind of thing, but Sesame Street managed to figure out how to teach kids to count and letters and those sorts of things and uh, you know, I can tell you as a, as a, a father of a kid that was homeschooled for a, quite some time is well, we could handle we can handle up to elementary education at home on the internet without too much trouble. 
Now, when it comes to middle school students, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not going to claim to be an expert. I'm not an expert on any of this stuff, but I'm not going to claim to be an expert on that. I'm going to say that uh, I might fall back to what, and I believe this is a Maria Montessori uh, quote, was basically, yeah, we should take middle schoolers and send them out to the farms to work. Because ultimately, they, this is like she didn't feel like they were prepared to learn in that way or whatever. And look, if you're a middle school teacher and you feel differently, you know better or whatever, you want to rebut that statement. I'm happy to hear it because it doesn't make me terribly comfortable either. The number 855-450-3733. So you're saying elementary school, educated home, middle school, start getting on the job, basically on the job training of some sort. And then maybe high school is uh, you know, training for college if they go off to college or something else. I don't know. But I can tell you, I, look, I went to a government high school. I went to a private school from K through 8, but a uh, government high school, and I'm not saying anything. Frankly, my experiences were very similar, except the quality and personal interactivity of the instruction changed dramatically. I went from being on the dean's list, which is a good thing, by the way, (laughs) the dean's list in eighth grade to failing two courses in ninth. That is a function of bad instruction. It's not a bad student. From from the state's perspective, I think it would be difficult to have that great of an environment, the the at-home learning for elementary school, the -the on-the-job stuff and then and then like when you're you're 14 years old going all right now you got to sit in a classroom for six hours a day and learn the important things well, right but, it might but, be hard to convince be people just to do for that people yes. who are interested in academics so if you're gonna go be an electrician then go you know take a two semester or however long it is or an internship and go and then go make bank be an, an electrician if you want to be a surgeon then maybe you have to sit down and study some biology. Do you know what you want to do at 14 years old, though? Like, realistically, a 14-year-old, like, do you... Did, well, did you in really... Germany, and I'm not saying that this is a good idea, but in Germany, they kind of determine what, what you're going to do at about that time. They're going to figure okay. out what you're, uh, what you're adept at. And, you know, look... IQ has something to do with whether or not you're going to be a carpenter or a nuclear physicist. So, no... In fact, you can't do anything you want to do in this life unless you have the privileges that I actually believe exist. And those privileges um, are beauty, intelligence, and wealth. Like, those are the actual real privileges that exist in this world. And I, well, I was, I was a gorgeous child and uh, very, very intelligent. <laughs> and, and if you're at an age where, or at a point or else of age where you don't know what you want to do, then that is not the time to spend excessive resources into job training, whether that be college or whether that be anything else. Well, then, then what do you do if you're not going to pursue academics right at, at, at high school age in, in Mark's scenario? If you're not going to pursue academics and go to high school, right, then what do you do to continue your education and figure that out? It's going to end up being on the job training of some kind. Just what, you know, a week, I, a I week went to on work the at farm. 12. Okay. See, and I, I had this argument. you don't still do that job today. No, I, I did not do. I do not do retail comic book sales. Okay, let's I go ha- to Josh calling in in Illinois. <laughs> Josh, you're on Free right. Talk Live. Well, Mark, you, you definitely have a radio face. Thank you. But um, I, <laughs> I'd like to say that my Jerk. education system or ideal education system would be if you see in, in the younger grades would be more of a, a babysitting system as we have now. But then as they get into middle school and high school, they just have the common subjects for science, math, language arts, and history. And then they, they go home, they do their homework, 
and then they learn online the stuff that they're actually enjoying. Right, and and I would say that a kid, an adult, a person, isn't going to learn anything that they don't want to learn anyway. Yeah. If you're just shoving information down their throat. But I'd ask you this, what is the purpose of this uh, elementary school babysitting service, service that you want to have tax-funded? Well, it's just so they babysit because, like, like a lot of parents, they, they can't afford, or, or not to say they can't afford, but they, they don't have the time where the elementary school um, babysitting service would be kind of like where they're, they're learning a little bit and they're preparing them for middle school, but at the same time, they're, they're socializing and they're, they're also... I'm just going to call that elementary stuff. school because I think that's what they're doing anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, some, some conspiracy theorists out there suggest that the whole purpose of school is to socialize the costs of sending women to work. Um, you know, now in my family, yes, my wife decided, you know, she wanted, she wanted to have a kid and she was really adamant about it. I'm like, well, you're going to have to do the most of the caregiving here. Um, that's not my, my goal. And so she agreed to that, but you know, some households, the guy does more of the caregiving or half of it or, or any of those circumstances, but it's, I mean, ultimately you, do you want, is that what you're trying to do is you're trying to achieve making both parents go out to work? What I'm, I'm trying to achieve is allowing for the parents to have a basic knowledge of education the science, the math, the language arts, and the history, and pursue the things that they find interesting, such as hobbies and stuff, in the time that they're not at school. And that's why you'd only have like four hours a day at school or something limited for those subjects. It would have to be really limited for me to get behind it. Because I look I look at the current system, I go like, they're going to learn what they want to do anyway, right? But but now yeah. they're, but so, they're forced to sit there for six hours doing nothing where those six hours could be spent in addition to what they're doing extracurricular, right? Pursuing things that are of interest to them and getting them that much further ahead on a daily basis. So you look at nations like England or the UK and the European nations is they have about, you know, four hour school days that they jam all this stuff into. And it actually works great. And they're, they have about the same education level as America, and they're more productive, so to speak. So I think we could completely limit it and have two hours to three hours a day of just your core subjects, and then you'd have, like, what, a full another, what, I mean, that'd be seven, eight, nine hours, well, how, how about limited, whatever you want. How about limited even more? So if the state wants to put together their, their curriculum of this is basic chemistry, basic physics, basic math, basic history even, and they can put that out and anybody can go get it for free, but then in the rest of your time, you can spend learning whenever you want to learn. Because the, if you're not going to give people a full education, which they're not doing, then why pay for why pay for the cost if you think that they even are educating? We, you would pay for the cost because you're getting that personalized education, which is needed. Josh, I, and is- I'm going to have to let it go there. Free Talk Live. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize... This little project would soon change the world. Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. 
Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. A lot of people have a lot of time on their hands, plenty of time to think. I can assure you, I've been on Facebook recently and some personal reflection. They've got some ideas. So, you know, depends on what part of Facebook you hang out on. <laughs> right, right. It's a, it's a, it's a customized place. It's Mark with you, <laughs> Richie Rich, and Melanie. Yeah, people go on Facebook, collect a group of idiots, and then be like, "Well, I don't, I don't see anything useful on Facebook. Well, collect useful people. You can collect whoever you want." Yeah, that's how I started using. It was just a news aggregator for me at one point. I find all the websites that I like to visit regularly and just put them all in there. And what shows up on my newsfeed? Their articles. Well, that's interesting. Uh, my wife uses it just to look at pictures of puppies, and she loves Facebook. I have collected, as you said, a, people, a wide uh, assortment of people that I wanted to comment to. And I've, what I find is I have to be very careful in how I consume Facebook because as a result, I can get pretty grumpy reading things. I'm like, oh, boy, this person's wrong. There's a person wrong on the Internet. And you must do something. <laughs> right. The best bet is to not do anything. But every once in a while, I'll post something and then... And I do post things. You know, I, I intend to have it as an outlet as, as opposed to an inlet of information. There, there's someone on there right now saying that everyone who was at the New Hampshire uh, protest event in Concord is manslaughterers. I think that I have that person blocked for being an idiot in general. <laughs> well, um, yeah. You went to the protest, manslaughter, convicted, guilty. See, they're, th- what they're saying on the community pages, the people who are against it, is that we're all going to die in two weeks. So uh, somebody said that we should that she's going to go there in two weeks and post, I'm not dead. What I want to do is go there in two weeks and be like, I guess I'm undead, y'all. <laughs> zombie apocalypse. I guess I'm a zombie. Well, yeah, I tend to think we're not all going to die in two weeks. But I look, if if fear is running your life right now, Tell me what your greatest fear is from this this virus. The number is 855-450-373. The second wave. Uh, right. Who knows if we're not in the second wave now? What the about the third wave? wave? What right. about the fourth wave? Who knows? That's, I have no idea. That's the problem. That if really this virus is, is uh, spreads as easily as they say it spreads, everybody's going to get it. If it doesn't uh, spread as easily as everybody says, or as, as you hear on, um, you know, on the internet as it spreads, then you've been lied to. And the lockdown isn't even purported to prevent people from getting it. Flatten the curve. Right. It's to flatten the curve. It's to, it's to, uh, you know, p- parse out the people who get it. Get well, it the hospitals later. are empty. 
I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them are. And there'd be more hospitals if there weren't all these regulations that literally prohibit building more hospitals. Aren't they sending mercy ships into New York City and then like they never had anybody in them? Yep. Or never anybody with uh, COVID-19? I mean... So what you're saying is if you're going to get it, get it now while the hospitals can still take you? There's an argument for that. There's an argument that you want to get it if you believe that there's going to be so many people who have it at some point in the future, then sure, get it now so when there's when you when you can reserve your spot on a ventilator. Well, that makes sense. Now, chances are good. Now, and again, I'm going to restate this. Everybody should adopt a person at risk in their life so that they can drop things off for that person that they need, communicate, you know, that kind of thing because ultimately your health is your responsibility. And if you're at risk, you should probably be staying inside right now. But I don't think we can lock down the world for two years. You certainly can't do it two years, two weeks at a time like they've been doing. This is for two weeks, folks. Two, two more weeks. weeks. Two more weeks. Yes, you can't even plan. And they think that that's going to they think that that's gonna help us calm down. But then we can't plan after the second or third time of that. Then you realize it's not two weeks, right. but you don't know how much it is. So if they had just come out and said originally, oh, it's going to be four months or whatever. What if it's just a full least... lockdown for two weeks? Just like not even all the essential people stay home too. Like if you die in lockdown for the next two weeks, you should have planned better. But two weeks, nobody goes outside. Nobody does anything. Virus will run its course with everyone who's got they it. They can't do that in weeks. New Hampshire. We'll shoot them. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then go what if it's Walmart. the best course of action? <laughs> but it's right. not because okay. they'll get shot. It's just not going to work. I mean, that's no, not just. No, you could do that in L.A. probably. No, you can't. They, what, what, <laughs> you're going to have to you have to put people out in the street. And if you don't, then people will go out into the street. No, this isn't going to work anywhere. You, you can't do a total lockdown because ultimately you need enforcers to enforce the lockdown. If you're going to have a lockdown. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. I think of cops as not people, so I still <laughs> have them roaming around, but they are people and well, can, in fact, be infected with speaking viruses. Speaking as a fireman, human beings. Human I'm not beings. terribly interested in responding to calls uh, for people that are, you know, out there doing silly things either. But that's kind of the, the talk to any EMT and they'll tell you 90% of their calls are for people who didn't need it or deserved it. I, yeah, I've known some EMTs, and that's the impression it's easy, I got. It's an easy way to get cynical quickly, okay. is to do emergency medical, <laughs> because you're like, God, maybe you deserve this, or whatever the case may be. Or maybe you should just stop calling me for every minor little thing so you can get a ride to the emergency room so you can get warm, or whatever the case may be. Is but, that indicative of the healthcare system in general, then, that that's what people use medical emergency medical services for? Like if we had different, if we, the healthcare system was run differently, maybe people wouldn't need to use those services well, they don't as need the, they but do. But they don't need, it's a lot of the time they don't, either A, they don't need any services or B, they did something incredibly stupid to cause them to need services. So I don't see how, I don't think you can put that one on the system. Well, people do dumb things all the time. I don't think yeah. you're ever going to stop that. No. But, and that's, that's, but that's mostly. But still not the health. Like, what is a doctor supposed to do about that? What is a regulator supposed to do about that? Well, not a regulator. Like, well, this guy, this 30-year-old decided to shoot off bottle rockets out of a beer can in his face. Like, how does not having health regulations prevent the problems caused by that? Uh, that's a problem that solves itself. 
Yeah. I mean, or they pay more, right? The, the the disincentive would be the high cost of insurance once you've lit a bottle rocket off in your face or the high cost of you know medical care for that type of injury. Yeah, but in a free market, I think you could just afford health care. And so maybe he has a $100 bill or something. I don't know. Maybe oh. doctors could charge like, okay, well, if if this is a self-inflicted injury, it's like triple cost. Yeah. So well, I like went that. to the doctor in Mexico and I had what they call a touristas. Does anyone know what that is? Nope. Touristas is an ailment. That afflicts tourists. Oh, okay. In Mexico, Montezuma's revenge is another term terminology. Drank for the it. water and got diarrhea. I don't th- know if I drank oh, okay. the water, but they say that it just happens. They don't even know. They, they don't even propose to tell you why it happened. Okay. Uh, you know, you eat food. The food was made of the water. Who knows what happened? And uh, you know, I went to the doctor. Now, this wasn't just this started, right? Like I'm, you know, trying to do things and uh, trying to figure out how to solve this. The doctor was free. Free. Because he's paid for by the drugstore next door to presumably you're going to go and buy the drugs from that drugstore. Now, so I go to the doctor. He says, you need charcoal pills. Charcoal pills are so cheap, right? So I go to the drugstore next door where you can buy all kinds of prescriptions without a prescription, all kinds of drugs that would have require a prescription in the United States I, without it. And I asked for some charcoal pills. They're remarkably inexpensive. And, of course, I'm going to do business with the company, the, uh, the drugstore that's paying for the doctor that I just went to. But I didn't have to. Yeah. There was no requirement. I didn't even have to walk out of his office through the drugstore. None of that. No, you could do it that way. Walgreens almost does that. They do that to the extent that they're allowed because pharmacists can't write prescriptions in New Hampshire or most other states. But you can go in and they'll tell you. They won't do it for infants, but if you're an adult, they'll tell you what you need. And if it's not a prescription, then you can buy it from Walgreens. And honestly, most times people go to the doctor. They don't need a doctor. Right. They don't even need a nurse. They need a glorified drug dealer. And Walgreens can provide that. And also, they do, except they might have to tell you go to the doctor and get a script for this. Yep, they they could very Pay well the doctor in, fee, which in which case it's a good idea to go to the doctor. But a lot of people that go to doctors for whatever reason just don't want to go to work that day. The number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free. It looks like from the Washington Times here, Bill De Blasio is urging New Yorkers to snitch on their neighbors who violate social distancing. Unsurprising. Free talk live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Call in, talk about what you want to talk about. It's Mark with you. Richard Rich. And Melanie. The number's 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. There are lots of cryptocurrencies out there, but Free Talk Live has teamed up with Divi, and they are, well... They're they're sort of a new kid on the on the block. They're next generation wallets coming, and just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe with only a swipe, and instantly exchange between Divi and Bitcoin and government money right there in the mobile app. Withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait though. Divi already offers the first one tap solution for earning passive income with. They're multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. They make it easy. 
there at Divi. You go to DiviProject.org and you can set up these one-click masternodes is what they're called. And it's because they try to make it as easy as possible for you to begin earning passive income with their masternodes. It's DiviProject.org, D-I-V-I, DiviProject.org. Let's go to Robert calling in from South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind, sir? Um, sir, I just wanted to say that uh, with regard to Germany and education, you can become anything you want in Germany. All you have to do is maintain decent marks in, in, in high school. And, um, and if you don't have enough, and if you have trouble maintaining decent marks, you get off early enough so that you can have a, a tutor to help you in the afternoon to make sure that your marks stay in order. Do they pride, provide to- tutors also? Um, when you get into college in the old days, they did. In East Germany, they did, yes. They changed that rule, and I don't know what it is now. But before the fall of the wall, they had 20 tutors that were available um, at the Technische Universität Dresden in the month, which is in um, Montbergstrasse. So are you saying that IQ has nothing to do with ability then? Because that was part of Mark's claim, right? Like certain if people are just suited for IQ, it. You, you, you should be able to do it. Uh, do you what? just rehearse and rehearse and Nuclear rehearse physics and was the... And the energy. I'm sorry. Go I think ahead. I said astrophysicist. It was uh, the terminology no, I used. No, I didn't used. say anything about astrophysicist. I said okay. anything you want to be. You can be anything you want to be. That's one of the things you might want to be, though. Like, there are things well, that require a certain level of intelligence, just like there are things that require a certain level of physical ability. You need physical strength to, to be able to, to, to do it because it does take a bit of work. You have to have ambition to do it, and you have to have, in German, it's called Zielstrebigkeit. In other words, you have to be directed. You have to, be, you have to really want it, and you have to be willing, ready, willing, and able to help society. It's nice if you're a kind person. They'll recognize that as well, and they'll make sure that if, if you're that kind of person, they'll make sure you get ahead, and, and they, they, you get that. But somebody, with, they, a, they need somebody with a 100 Sorry. IQ is never going to be a quantum physicist. Unless they practice hard enough and get the right instruction. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, I, I, I can't tell you that for 100%, but I can tell you that if you're the kind of person who's ready, willing, and able to work, they will help you to become whatever you want to become. I will give you that much, right? Like that, that determination, grit, or whatever the terminology we wish to use for the stick to that it takes to do whatever. If you're passionate about it, that you have a much better chance of doing whatever it is that you want to do. But, you know, sadly, my son was, was blessed with my coordination. He is never going to be an NBA basketball player. He's you going- sell him short. Yeah, right. He just sell him short hard and, and sell sell him short and sell him uncoordinated, <laughs> like because and like that's just the reality of it. And this isn't a statement about how uh, like you know where's the privilege, where's the fairness uh, when it comes down. He's just never going to do it. And it, also, he has life no interest in fair. doing it. Go ahead. You know, you know, life is not fair. You're going to have Indeed. disadvantages. Yep. And when you try to make it fair, you make it wholly unfair. Right. So if you if you're telling, if, if the allegation is that Germany sub- provides academic support for their students to achieve what they can achieve, I have no reason to disbelieve that. But if the claim is that anybody in Germany can pursue whatever profession they want, that is untrue because there is differences in people. Um, 
there are different kinds of intelligences as well. And, and sure. Right, and probably, but specific you, industries you need be, specific you kinds. You head against a rock to do one where you don't have the intelligence at all. But if you really want to do it, that's you know what you know what you know what uh, the guy who started Con Edison, uh, Thomas Edison, he said that 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 brilliance is ninety nine percent. Uh, elbow grease and one percent genius. Well, Thomas right. Edison was a car artist, so I don't know how God. much well, weight I put into that. I think that but... there's. So he said ninety nine percent perspiration, um, inspiration, and perspiration. perspiration. Yeah, yeah ninety five exactly. Yeah. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. And I agree. No, there's uh, nothing maybe... wrong with that, uh, Robert, because I, I agree that it's determination that, in large part, determines things. Right? Like I'm a, an ex convict. I spent eight and a half years in prison. Uh, you know, years ago, and. I'm relatively successful now on a nationally syndicated radio program at 200 stations. I've pulled it off, and I didn't pull it off with my good looks and charm. I did it because I just said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And it was a lot of that's, hard work for a long time. But you, you accept that there are certain limitations to your intelligence that prevent right. you from pursuing I'm never going to be else. the nuclear physicist. I've talked to them. I've talked to uh, computer programmers and hackers and these sorts of things. I've talked to all kinds of very intelligent people. And I can assure you there are jobs I simply cannot do. Because, you know, well, I just don't have that kind of mind. And, but an average person <laughs> could still do – They could, it's not like they can't be successful in anything. It's that there are cutoffs to certain – Fields that require specific knowledge. I think that it's rare, though, that a person is motivated and passionate about doing a job that they can't actually pull off. So I'm kind of between y'all here. Is I do agree that reality comes in and shows its face now and then. But when Robert's saying 99 percent, you know, it's 99 percent. I'm you know I'm fine with that part. Is that sure? In a great it's rare that a person – I don't want to be an astrophysicist because I can't do that, or at least – Well, if, if you wanted to, you'd spend 99% of your time doing what astrophysicists do, yep. and slowly but surely, you'd become good at it because you get so much extra practice at it if that's all you ever want to do from morning till night. So Believe me, somehow, some way, you'd be good at it after a while. You're overlooking that some Thanks things requi- call, require a certain amount of intelligent and analytics – to go into that thing, not just practicing a skill. Like, these aren't just skills that you could just keep practicing. You have to be able to know how to figure out the material, whether you're, even if you're, even when you're taught it. Some people just think differently, right? And thinking differently lends itself to certain fields of skill and academia. That's also true. And that's kind of what, um, you know, I'd like to see in some school system is to say uh, some kind of, Train some kind of testing to see how do you think, at least try to figure this stuff out and directing kids towards certain areas that they might be good at. So that I, would be valuable. I was given, uh, you know, this this battery of tests that said that, you know, you're a spatial conceptual genius. Well, now what everyone, do you do? What does that mean? It's the ASVAB. The ASVAB Armed school. Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. So you, so you know what field to go into when you join the military. Boom. The kind that blows things up. So, um, but... You know, they gave me a list of things that I might be good at, and had I ever been passionate about any of those, I could have pursued those things, whatever they were. But I wasn't. So there you go. Yes. The problem is, is having teenagers decide what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Well, that's why I said earlier, 14 seems a bit early to start picking careers. Indeed, it does. Well, when do you want to do that, though? Like, wait till you're 25, till your your, your brain's all developed, and no. then have to start then? Like, when? Let it naturally develop. 855 450 3733. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with any pay. 
You earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you get the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. It is Mark with you, Richie Rich. And Melanie. Well, I can't guarantee what's going to happen this summer, but I can guarantee you this. If it is possible to have Fork Fest, and this is the Fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire, Free Talk Live will be there. Ian will be there. Would He's we a- move it to one of the states that isn't on lockdown? I don't even know. I haven't even considered this. Um, but I can tell you, if you wanted to talk about that with people, you can go to the unofficial website at forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. Now, there's other events that are supposedly not going to cancel either. I hear the folks at Freedom Fest and Anarcha Vegas are trying very hard to have their events. I support that. Um, you know, we have to get there has to be some kind of exit plan. We have to have some kind of idea what's going on. You can't just go on the Internet for the rest of our lives and just make fun of each other about how come you don't believe if you want to go outside, you love the orange man. Right. Like all this kind of nonsense. <laughs> Forkfest.party. That's fork as in the thing you eat with fest.party. We're in New Hampshire. We could just open up anyway. Be like, oh, you think we're closed? That's cute. I'm going to work. I'm with you. I I don't know. I mean, then why does it take a protest at the Capitol then? Why not just open up? It's still bad. It, it still shouldn't be illegal to go outside and go to work. But it was. I will say this was the first protest. Probably it. Or well, this wasn't the first lockdown protest. But the lockdown protests are the first protests. I'm going to say, I believe ever where somebody could not drive past and scream out the window. Why don't you get a job? <laughs> Let's go to Joan calling from, uh, excuse me, John. I, I I got confused there. John, are you calling from Nebraska? Yeah. Okay, great. What's on your mind, John? Uh, you guys are kind of talking about healthcare and education, and well, I I think that uh, you know healthcare is lousy right now, and so is education. I think we need to improve it. We need to spend more tax dollars on it. You think um, that'll do it? Because I think that they spend more tax dollars on education in the United States than. Uh, like all the other countries around the world. Well, I mean, you look how much money we're dumping into the Pentagon, and I, I just think that we could do something more useful with that money, you know, like maybe dump it into uh, the public Give it back to the something. people that earned it in the first place. <laughs> something, you know, something be more useful, uh, you know. I'm with you on that part. Outrageous. Like any any plan that starts with, let's cut military budget, the military budget by 50%, is a plan that you like? My ears perk up. Yeah, I'll, immediately. I'll, 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 I'll sign that. It won't mean anything, but I'll sign it. Right. If you're if you're saying let's take ten percent of the money that uh, we would save by cutting the military budget by fifty percent, 
to dump it into education so that teachers' unions could get fatter and sassier and have a bunch of, uh, you know, more silly rules that result in kids getting a, a poorer and poorer education as time goes by. Common Core 2.0. No, not a problem. I mean, you know, like, we got an education system now that currently churns out kids. You look this up. This is liberal publications, not conservative ones, that say, you know, 19% of kids who are graduates, not attendees, graduates of government schools are functionally illiterate. Um, so if it's bump up the pay, the the, mo- no, mo- yeah. the money numbers. So if that money is going to knock it down to 18%, cool. If it bops, bumps it up to 20%, what difference does it make? I mean, we could have, I mean, this system is really just a middle-class welfare babysitting day prison, so... Uh, if, if you want to rename it to that, because that'd be cool. I would just, you know, say, you know, could you imagine how much better off, you know, we'd be, you know, how much more healthy, healthy we would be if uh, we had dumped this into research and development, you know, with hospitals and medicine and all that stuff. I mean, that would be a better use of the money. And that's pretty much all I'm calling in to say. So thanks. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. I think individuals contributing to those endeavors is a better use of the money yeah so if i had to pick between where that money was going to go and i couldn't you know return it to its right for owners the only the place that i don't actively want it to not go is medical research yeah i, I i'm with you on that so medi- what i would say as far as medical research is if somebody asks me well what about gun government funding for medical research first i exhaled loudly <sighs> We call this a sigh. And then I say, all right, well, as a libertarian, obviously my first thought is that everything's more efficient if funded by people who are interested in it and, you know, these sorts of things. And maybe we should have universities doing medical uh, research and and people will say often, well, we do. And I'm like, yeah, but they get their money from the government. So they're often doing a bunch of nonsense and they're repeating things How over and over again. How high can we get quail, quails on cocaine? Right. And okay. a whole it's bunch a study of study we actually did. <laughs> so, so do you not think then that funding government funded medical research would go down that same rabbit hole? Like there's not going to be bloat and disincentives. Oh, there's going to be bloat. However, well. you are dealing with adults as opposed to kids. So And medical research is a worthwhile endeavor on it on its face. Well, then you Whereas don't. being an imperialist and bombing Iraq 15 times is not. Sure. But it, it, as a worthwhile endeavor, then the libertarian position should be that it should it should and uh, will get funded. And on it's itself. not. It's not that it's not. The libertarian position is that if something is worthwhile, it will be funded. Yeah. But and, I, if, I spend- and most of us take medications, by the way, that were um, that have long, long, long been available. And then now they're, you know, they, they tweak it a little bit here, tweak it a little bit there and then get call the it patent. new and then get the patent. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like to spend a lot of my time and energy complaining about systems that would exist outside of the states and that serve positive purposes because they're state funded. I don't spend a whole lot of time complaining about the post office or medical research or even libraries because those what about the police department because people want security the police department is not a security agency yeah but it would be a security agency would exist but the police department is not a security agency people like having their lives protected okay but that's not what the cops do either that's i mean functionally uh, if there was a agency of the states that only protected property rights except also it stole the funding to do that, I would not spend a whole lot of time complaining about it. I would complain about taxes per se, 
but I would not spend a lot of time complaining about the New Hampshire security system if that was a thing that existed. Right. The problem with the, the cops. The problem with the state largely, um, with you know, government government programs largely isn't the thing that they do feeding poor people um you know providing medical services to young mothers uh you know taking robbers and putting them off the street or whatever the, that's not the problem the problem is how they get their funding that's and always the problem it's always the problem let's go to steve calling in from virginia steve you're on free talk live hey mark hey rich hey melanie um hey. let me start off by saying let me start off by saying this the world needs ditch diggers, too. Okay? Indeed. Well, do you think they do well, anymore? I wasn't saying that they shouldn't. I was just saying that you shouldn't reallocate them to positions that they're going to fail at. Wait, but here's my point, is that, you know, at the point of a gun, we are taxed for an education system that not only fails to, you know, the parents and, and you know, but all the people paying that, you know, don't even have, a, you know, a dog in the fight there. We still all pay for the system. And the issue here is is that, you know, I used to live in Connecticut, and in the town I lived in, we had a technical high school. And the kids that, you know, weren't cutting it in high school, they were, I guess, deemed to be maybe good tradesmen. And so the technical high school would, you know, maybe scale back on higher math and, and you know, literature and, and, and teach them more rudimentary stuff and, and a technical skill. So that when and I think it should be looked at more as equal right. alternatives, not, oh, well, you failed the regular one, so I guess you have to do right. tech. Well, you know, there's a, there was a guy back in the 20s, he started out, called Johnson O'Connor, and he was a researcher and an educator, and he developed a system of testing for aptitudes, okay? If you, you know, in spite of what the guy said before about Germany, if you don't have an aptitude for something, it doesn't matter. You can spend, you know, 23 hours a day, <laughs> you know, you know, banging your head against the wall like like I've said. never and seen that happen in real life. Again. You know, just like yeah. I guess it sort of seems that passion and success tend to go together. I'm sure that they're you know, in the course of the billions of people that have populated this planet, clearly somebody out there somewhere know, must have been plenty. a very passionate adult. Hold hold the line here, Steve. Um passionate adults. But I haven't met too many of them. That doesn't make it not so. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Steve, I know you have a thought if you just hold on for me on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. We're on with Steve from Virginia here talking about uh, education. But real quick, before we get back into it, I want to remind people, by the way, it's Mark with you. Rich Rich. And Melanie. Look, um, if you haven't heard yet, we've advertised saveitpurse.com here on Free Talk Live for years. And I, I don't need to tell you what it is because it's closing down. If you have... Ever use Save It Purse or Purse.io or, you know, whatever the iteration of it is that uh, you've used. They're shutting down. You need to get your money out. You need to go do that with the next week or so because, well, at some point or another, those custodial wallets here on Free Talk Live, we've always told you, avoid custodial wallets or at least avoid putting your money in for very long. Not your keys, not your coins. (laughs) If it's not your keys, it's not your coins. And... Those custodial wallets will be shut down, and I don't know what they're going to do with the money that's in that's left over. There's bound to be some that's left over. Please don't let it be yours. The website is saveatpurse.com. And if you didn't have an account there, then 
you can ignore what I said. I just feel like, as a public service, when we talked about it, we really need to talk about them shutting down, too. Have you found an alternative that does uh, kind of the, serves the same market? No, but if you'd like to set one up, I'd love to talk to you about advertising. Okay. <laughs> Steve, uh, Virginia, you're back on Free Talk Live. I can't remember exactly where we were, but I know you were talking about... Well, Mark, you were talking, you were talking about people, and thanks for holding me over, but you were talking about you know the issue of passion and how passion is necessary to succeed in something you, well, you have an aptitude for. I, I know plenty of people who have been passionate failures Okay, <laughs> they've been told all their life that they could achieve anything, and they're passionate about something, but they don't have the skills to put it into, you know, to make a success of it. So, you know, education needs to stop lying to people. That's why I'm saying, you know, we need, we we do need ditch diggers too. The other issue is, you know, the last caller was saying about, you know, put more educate more money into education, and it'll be better. And you know. Um, Rich said, well, you know, maybe it's better to just give the money back to the people it was, you know, taken I will from. always make that and, case, by the way. Yes. And that, that's a very good case. But here's one of the things about the education system that, that I have, like, the biggest problem with is the sports programs that are in, you know, school from, you know, early on, trying to train kids to become athletes that a very small percentage will be. And here's the the real issue is that basically schools are being used as farm leagues to produce people who will later on possibly be chosen to, you know, work for a national league or some other thing. Well, if Why they're giving you a free scholarship dollars, in exchange for that, then, I mean, that's kind of a fair Oh, it's deal. not a free scholarship. You know, if the, if the kid's going to public school, the public is paying for him to get that training and that education to to participate in a sport that. Okay, I, th- you know, I, thought, we, I thought you were talking <laughs> about college, uh, sports in college. Well, yeah, sp- no, no, even at high school. And the thing is that that the the talk about football. Okay, you know, it it, it can be a very potentially damaging game to to young bodies. Kids die every and year. The issue is, Playing football. Right. It's also not schools. forced right. in school. Like, you don't have to take P.E. and you, you don't, don't have to play sports. You don't have to. But you don't have to take P.E. You have to take P.E. I took P.E. Like, at my school I... for a year and a half. You had, to, you had to have three semesters of P.E. in high oh, school. No, in my, my high school, you had a choice between P.E., band, or ROTC. Uh, Steve? Here's my point. My point is, as a taxpayer, I am required to pay for these programs that basically injure the children or, you know, maybe one or zero, zero point one percent might make it, you know, into a professional career. But the thing is, the big sports, you know, conglomerates are using our education system, our tax dollars to produce these people to begin with. Are, and, you, are you, know, you more so opposed like, to high school sports than any other high school extracurriculars? I think any sports in school, because these are things that are not necessary for educating a child to become, you know, something that uh, is productive for society. I disagree with that. So personally, (laughs) I would say, look, I'm look, do not put me in the position where I'm defending government school. However, I would say that (laughs) I won't, (laughs) um, you know, school is supposed to teach us the things that we would use in life. I yet have yet to use the Iliad, um, have yet to use trigonometry. I learned that that crap. However, if they if somebody would have taken on early on, perhaps uh, teaching me about nutrition and a you know a good uh, sort of fitness for life kind of system, instead of 
yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I football is always the one that people go after, and it is the one I go after too because I just think that it's a well, poor choice. Basketball, you can go straight from high school into the pros, right? There's you right, can, but, but I mean, basketball you can at least do for health on your own. You can put up a hoop at your house, and a half an hour every day you can run drills and play basketball. Football, I mean, I guess you could go out in your yard and buy one of those big metal things to shove back and forth, but, you know, football is this team sport that was so expensive and then has the, all the bad results that it has. I, I think there's really nothing out there that compares to it on the scale of, look, right. and I love it. I love to see yeah, well, these football players like running down the field, these incredible athletes running down the field and like reaching out and grabbing the football that's way out in front of them, pulling it back into the numbers. I think it's an incredible feat of athleticism and the way the quarterback works together with the wide receiver. I love all that stuff. Yeah. But Oh you know that's great, yeah. But are 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 you willing to pay for thousands of children who, who will, you know, either be damaged or never even make it to a pro career in order to, to allow some who have that talent and, and those I don't, aptitudes for I don't for think that. that the main benefit of sports for children is that they have this point zero 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 one chance of making it into the NFL. I think it's a healthy thing to do overall. Should it be funded by the state? Obviously not. But if my choice... If I have a kid in school and for one hour I can either put them in football, assuming it's, you know, a kid who's up for this. And you're not going to play tackle football at PE either. Like, they don't put kids in that danger. If you want to play football, it's the extracurricular after school stuff. There's there's a lot that happens at the line, though. Right. So, you know, yeah, maybe you don't get uh, spiked um, in, uh, you know, as you're receiving the ball or whatever the case may be, or even a running back um, because you've got a flag on. But those the big guys in the front are sure. still shoving on big guys in the front, and okay. those guys' knees, they blow out constantly. I'm not saying in P.E. class, yeah. but and we didn't play football in P.E. in high school. If you wanted to play football, you signed up for junior varsity. There's freshman football, junior varsity. And That's kind of what I'm saying. They had some level of competence for you if you wanted to put your body in danger. And it typically were the people who have played like in the Pop Warner Leagues or the early flag football leagues who already had the passion to play football, wanted to play high school football, and then would have to try out and make that team. Again, if, if we take out the government funding aspect of it, uh, I think sports would still be an active part of a teenager's life. Yeah, and a- actually playing sports, I, I find it insanely boring to sit down and watch someone else do it like i would find it insanely boring to sit down and watch someone else go for a walk but actually playing sports yourself there is value too thank you for the call steve let's go to ryan calling in from montana ryan you're on free talk live hi good afternoon uh brian driving a truck in montana thank you for your service sir sir. yes oh you're welcome sir we're earning it we're going hard um, right through the whole pandemic. Um, I noticed that this governor of New York is blah, blah, blah about Trump, 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 and but yet he's got seven taggers in the zoo that they haven't said anything about letting the kids into the zoo and then they're going to get breathed on again. There's dogs running around New York. They have, New York has no program uh, announced to us to protect us if they lift any kind of a, a restriction ban to move around. What What are we supposed to do? 
take personal precautions on your own. Is there a politician that is uh, misdirecting the negative attention that he should get to uh, to somebody else? I I am shocked, sir. Shocked. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they, they could start a program with Trump and go, it's called Medical Homeland Security. That would rule everything and make these guys protect us. I don't want their protection. I don't want the government, the the governors, the mayors. They've the been offering their protection for a long time, right. Ryan. It terrifies I don't want me. them in charge of this at all. Hey, they should just stop whatever they're doing. Ryan, I got a question for you, uh, if I may. Yes, sir. Um, you're you're, uh, you're out there uh, trucking right now. Are you doing? Are you long haul? Long haul, sir. Heavy yeah. long haul, heavy. Yeah, and indeed. What um have have the, has your life changed? What's going on? What's uh, what's what's your? Because you guys are out there every day. Yeah, the, uh, my life used to be just trucking, going to museums, Boot Hill, uh, you name it, amusement parks for my breaks. But now that the pandemic's on, my mind and body has focused on people have to eat. We've got to get these good delivered, cut all the the fun stuff out of it. Let's just get to work here and, and just get the job done. And that's that's all it's been. And it's, we're getting tired. I'll bet. The, the I mean, there's a lot of people who want to be at work. So, I mean, what are they uh, supposed to do with, yeah. the, with lockdown on? Yep. Well, right. they, they could get a cl- class three or a class one. Right. They can't because the DMV's quick. closed and the classes are probably closed too. Thank you for your service, oh, Ryan. You're right, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, truckers, ninety nine percent of the stuff you've got in stores that you buy every day, they move. So, thanks for your, all the truckers out there, all the nurses. For- Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. That's why we named it Free Talk Live. You feel like people aren't listening to you on Facebook? I mean, you know, there you are. How many friends you got? A couple dozen or something? It's the interaction on Facebook, though. Here, you only get to interact with the three hosts, not the millions of other people out there. Yeah, well, but you don't get to interact with millions of people on Facebook either. Okay. You know? And if you've got something important to say, how many people are actually going to see it on Facebook? Versus here, where, you know, Free Talk Live is on 200 radio stations across the country, darn close to it. I I know we were up to 209, and then, uh, you know, the COVID thing happened. Lots of stations have flipped to music. I don't understand why that is. Maybe it's because they just don't have the programming for it. It's easier to run a music station. I don't know. They, they, they don't have people coming in. I don't have any answers for you. Radio is supposed to be essential, but at least that's what I tell myself as I'm driving to work. Well, that's what the um, order number 16A in New Hampshire said. Yes, it's true. So anyway, uh, the number 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. Let's go right to the phones. Luke Freeman calling in from New Jersey, listening on Discord. Luke, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Mark. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. I wanted to talk about um, Operation Gridlock. And is it a violation of the NAP? 
So the um, NAP stands for Non-Aggression Principle. This is the the guiding principle that libertarians use to run their lives, and it means that you may not aggress against other people. Now, that it's like a foundational principle. It by is the, way. the foundational yeah. principle, and aggression would be defined as using, uh, you know, theft or fraud or uh, violence or whatever against somebody who hasn't done it to you. Go ahead, Luke. That's correct. That's correct. And um, it seems like this Operation Gridlock is different than a regular rally or protest. It's where all the cars go in uh, one particular neighborhood in a capital or wherever, and they all just don't go anywhere. They lock the whole street up and no one can come well, yeah, in any direction. So, yes, it is. Blocking a road is different than having a protest or a rally. And blocking that's, a road yep, is, is effective kidnapping. And even though I agree with, so usually I get words I can't say for saying negative things about the protesters who block roads, because usually I disagree with them, not always, but these I actually 100% agree with, but they're absolutely wrong for blocking roads. No one is sympathetic to a road blocker either. And, uh, well, that that is true, but I would like to say this. The reason that they're choosing to do the... Um, the protest in the manner that they are is in part because it's illegal for them to stand outside within six feet of each other. Who cares? Just stand outside within six feet of each yeah, other you're, you're, and protest. That doesn't mean you get to kidnap other people who have nothing to do with it. I know, but the... Don't block roads, period. I'm not, not saying you should block anyway. roads. Please, believe me, I'm not saying that. I've said for years, don't block roads. However, um, the reason that people are ch- choosing to do Operation Gridlock the way they are is because it is legal for them to be in their vehicle... Is it, it legal is, to just which is a stupid a thing? Because it's illegal to intentionally create a gridlock. Um, I think. Look, the, you know, let the cops sort that out. As far as I'm concerned, on it, what I would say is, is what's dumb is, is they tell you to be six feet away. Well, you know, I rarely stand within six feet of people. I mean, how often are we, you know people at I mean, protests aren't piled up? All of, all of us right now. Yeah. So yeah, it, it not you only go is buy it, groceries and you stand six feet away from the cashier. Yeah, your heads are six feet from each other. Sure. Not not only is it dumb, it is a violation of the NAP, and it's a weak protest, right? If if you want to protest what the state is doing by not letting you go out and do your thing, by not letting other people go out because right. you're well, blocking the roads, go out and do your thing. Do, well, ta- give give the uh, the moral high ground to the other side by um, saying. Well, by letting them say, you're blocking the ambulances, right? So maybe you never saw an ambulance, but you gave them the opportunity to say, well, that's because you well, blocked You're blocking them. people, who the few people who are still allowed to go to work. You're blocking people who are trying to go to work illegally. You're blocking people who are going, I don't care if they're going yeah, but to the people who are and smoke crack. You're blocking them and you need to stop. Yeah, but the people on the other side uh, value ambulances far more than they value freedom. So don't give them... Uh, what obviously the average person is going to find important, which is ambulances. Go ahead, Luke. I, I agree with everything you guys just said. I was thinking about this for a while, and I know a lot of people in the libertarian circles in New Jersey have been talking about this. There was a protest on Friday where we drove slowly down the road, beeping our horns, and people were on the side of the road with megaphones, but the traffic was still able to get through. If you want to, if you want to no, hold up traffic, okay. just roll at the speed limit. <laughs> see, see what that does. <laughs> just do that in front of a cop. Uh, yeah. I like that's my favorite thing to do is go the speed limit in front of police officers because they don't like it either. Well, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? I can't speed. Well, that's the thing. I try. I th- I thought like that before, right? And I'm like, yeah, he's not going to mind if I'm going a little faster because I'm not in his way. Then you get pulled over. 
And now I just don't speed very often. Yeah. I just don't do it because I don't want to get, I, I don't believe in giving free money to the government yeah. is the main reason. I don't do it in New Hampshire because I'm driving sideways up a mountain in a van and the speed limit's <laughs> 55. My favorite thing happened though today. I got passed by a guy who was uh, sick, not only sick of me, but sick of the pickup truck that was behind me and uh, passed both of us at a high rate of speed. It was a little European sports car. He could get up to a high rate of speed nice. pretty quickly. And another car was coming in the, uh, the front, so he manages to, to scoot in. It just kind of surprised me. He was going so quickly. And then, sure enough, about two miles later, there we are at the stoplight. And you're you're One more likely, <laughs> if you're in a state where there is lockdown, which is most of them, you're more likely to get pulled over right now because I don't think the quotas have changed. And there's less people on the road, so they are going to stop a higher percentage of them. Oh, yeah. Well, Luke, uh, I guess it looks like you found your Confederates. We we agree with you. We uh, you know don't think that roadblocking um, protests are a good idea. Roadblocking is okay for emergencies like picking up the the accident off the road, and it's okay for road repairs. It's not okay for anything else. Thanks for the call, Luke. Appreciate it. Oh, let's go to uh, JT in Pennsylvania. JT, you're on. Okay, hi. Yes, thanks for taking my call. And You're welcome. Time on my hands. <laughs> yeah, don't we so all? I'm calling. I'm calling about unlawful assembly and how it starts. Okay, starts well, by people going on assembly. I went to one yesterday. Uh, well, th- this is a little bit more convoluted, I guess. The DNR or the Department of Natural Resources in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is an element of the government of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And as an enforcement arm, their presence is virulent in the Allegheny National Forest and have heel-anthrope power as they juggle with vague regulations and arbitrary laws, and these regulations oscillate wildly without common reason. This ultimately has forced elements of the gas and oil industry, as well as timber conglomerates here, into a litigation maze with no exit. There was and is an undeclared war against these regulation anomalies and their enforcers. This has gone on here for decades, sabotage, open protest, etc. and backlash. Who's sabotaging DNR. whom? It's, Sounds like a great okay, thesis paragraph. Um, um, it could be uh, disgruntled workers. It could be open of... of uh, of um, what? What are they? What well, are they? Left-handedness against the regulations. I can't of, tell what side you're on, and it sounds like you're reading from a paper. I am. It's, it's okay to have. But which side are on. you on? Um, I'll tell you in a minute. If okay. you just give me one moment. Okay? All right. Well, yeah, it, it, the backlash from the from the DNR is for real. Uh huh. For backroom dealings yeah. to ridiculous actions on private enterprise, okay. private citizens, including fines and arrests. Now bring into this war zone that's been going on for decades, the peace-loving rainbow people. I don't know if you know about the rainbow Oh, yeah. These, these people are a lot, of, a lot of fun. Okay. Yes. Who have been coming here to assemble for more than 40 years. The ANF, the PA Stadies, and other law enforcement mobilized with zeal whenever the rainbow decide to arise. You can literally find checkpoints in the middle of nowhere. I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Or you can co- you can come across command posts or LZs for sky blue copters. Now the ANF have stuck their toe in. Thugs with gun on hand confrontations. Excuse me. What is the ANF? Allegheny. 
and Allegheny National For- Forest law enforcement officers are oh. thugs. I do love with- the uh, the rainbow people. I, I gotta say, um, and law enforcement officers are thugs. Well, free talk live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. I mean, there's a lot of people on the phone lines, but uh, nonetheless, you can call in. The number, 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Richie Rich, do me a favor. Yep. Run into the other room and call for Ian. You got it. <laughs> the uh, computer's just shut down here, and so we are sort of stuck on our own, which means that I'm going to have to ask GCN, presuming I'm going out of the uh, over the airwaves, and I believe I am, I'm going to have to ask them to take the calls here shortly. I do remember the calls that were there. Uh, but I want to tell you about uh, Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is your source for all news related to cryptocurrency, Bitcoin Cash, whatever it is. They've uh, got that news, and they will, in fact, make it easy for you to, A, find out what cryptocurrency is. Learn about it. It's right there. Get started, I believe, is the uh, the tab, the, the marker on the tab. Get a, get a wallet so that you can hold currency. They'll give you some free Bitcoin Cash at, I think it's uh, free.bitcoin.com. They will uh, give you all the news, tell you how to uh, buy cryptocurrency, a whole variety of things. They are the one-stop shop. They've aimed to be the one-stop shop. They are the one-stop shop. It's bitcoin.com. And I love them. Uh, So let's go here to the phones. I know that we have a New Yorker on the line. We got Greg in New York. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. GCN, put Greg on, if you would, please. I don't have any control over the um, the phones at this point. Oh. There we go. Hey, hey can you hear me? Yes, yeah, I got I you now. <clears throat> hey, I just wanted to share what's on my mind. Um, over the last month and a half, I've been hearing from both camps. The Bill Gates camp that says, you know, we need to have the quarantines uh, last as long as they need to yep. uh, because we need to save lives. And then the other camp says, hey, we have constitutional rights and we can't just be locked up in our homes. You know, yep. um, and I wanted to just tell you what perspective I've come up with. Now, you uh, did, on- in fact, get ill from uh, like so many people did in New York, right? Yes, uh, I did. Yeah. I, and I, I think uh, that gives credence yeah. for whatever reason. Like you get to talk about it. So go ahead. True. Yes, I, I survived it. I feel actually great now, um, but I still feel like I could be shedding the virus, even though I have antibodies. And so I urge everybody to wear a mask when you're walking into a building. Um, so, so this is what I think. Okay. Uh, and make sure it's one of those masks is, that actually prevents virus spread. If you can get one. Right. You can't. <laughs> well, then the cloth mask is virtually useless then. Go ahead, Craig. Well, I'm going to say something surprising. The point of the mask is not to protect yourself from catching the virus. Okay? That is not the point. And our government and uh, leaders got it all wrong. They were telling people not to wear masks. If you go back to March 2nd, they were still telling people everything's fine. In New York City, I got, I saved this official uh, bulletin coming from, uh, what was it, the health department or something. They said, there have been no confirmed cases in New York City. This is February 26th. 
and the the risk to New Yorkers is low. Okay, in the light of what you see now, it's laughable. I'm going to say that the quarantines and lockdowns are a failure of government because if there's one thing the government should do, in my opinion, is coordinate and to put out guidance and leadership on what people and uh, organizations should do. What should they do? If you trust to... them to do that, you're going to have a bad time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they can't even tell us if we should wear masks or not. How are they going to coordinate all of people's lives and businesses? Well, exactly. It's a it's a huge responsibility, and they're bound to mess it up every single time, (laughs) often. Well, yeah, anyone placed in charge of such decisions. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. In retrospect, and this is going to become relevant whenever we all leave the quarantine, and if we have a failure this time, there's going to be another quarantine, another lockdown. So what we need to do is on outside, when we're distancing, you don't need masks. And, and the outdoors, you know, and, and in many states, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, there, there's not a lot of uh, people packed together in elevators and skyscrapers and all this stuff, okay? But when we go out and people start working uh, and there's going to be Mardi Gras or something else, right? Um, we need to wear masks when entering a building. What I'd like to see, and we don't need government for this, we can have each private building institute this. Put people in the lobby who will turn other people away unless they have masks. Have a bunch of masks in the lobby and make people wash their hands maybe even before entering the building. So or at the very least have the, uh, the, that alcohol spritzer thing that, that become ubiquitous. I mean, they're, yeah. more, they're around more and more than, than they ever were. I'm not going to refute what a private business can do in their lobby. But if the if the solution is to wear masks that don't stop the transmission of viruses in the midst of a viral pandemic, right, well, to convince the public that somehow masks in general are safe is foolish nonsense. I think masks stop spittle is probably the I mean, and that's an obvious statement, right? So sure. we spit when we talk. Sure. You know? And yeah, here on the you radio spit into you, your mask, the virus gets through. Because it's not a one-way mask. No, nah, it doesn't the go virus, through the, the speed. It if the virus can come in through the mask because the mask doesn't prevent the viral transmission, it can so, go out. Again, well, we're, we're back to viral load, okay? It. I mean, so like this is amateurs, right, talking about viruses. You're, now, so consider the amount of viral load. You'll be, yeah, so, uh, you know, a virus can slide through a mask or whatever the case may be. Uh, there's no mask that it can't. But you don't need, it doesn't matter if one virus does. It matters if... 200 million of them do or whatever the number might be i don't know what the number is i wouldn't propose to know what the number is um and let's not forget masks are great because you can now not have your identity tracked constantly by the facial recognition software uh, cameras that they're putting up all over the place look and again i showed you a picture of me mark from like 2010 where i was driving around with a face mask you know skull cap and sunglasses on in hawaii Right, I didn't so, see that one. Maybe oh, they're just testing okay. to see if they can track us with just their phones and not the facial recognition, too. I'm well ahead. Yeah, people aren't getting rid of the phones, <laughs> I can tell you. We're tracked. Well, <laughs> I'm well ahead Mark of the mask right. trend to, keep, to protect my identity and privacy issues and, you know, uh, you know obscure facial recognition. Go ahead, the Greg. facial recognition, sure, but they can still get you by the way you walk or, you know, there's different ways. But I do, and now your heartbeat, uh, they can look at the infrared. Whatever. But here's what I wanted to say. The main uh, physics of it, okay, is that 
the virus comes out of your mouth and nose. There's only one other place the virus comes out of, and that gets flushed into your toilet and can be used, and Sweden used it to find out how many people were really infected. How did they uh, do that? By the proportion. <laughs> they analyzed the fecal matter that went into the sewers. <laughs> how would they know what the percentage of the population is that, that has it through that? This is the thing is I don't trust uh, the numbers of how many people are infected. Uh, they just, there's just an article that came out, I think it was yesterday, that said that uh, they were going around New York City asking people about it. All kinds of people were in fact infected they didn't know they were infected and we just don't know how many people are infected or they've got you know their symptoms are so mild that they they don't even get it so anyway great well, thank you for exactly the call uh, appreciate that uh, appreciate yep. you calling in and um you. you know they can tell all kinds of things about you from these facial recognition cameras and even he's right you register your gate they can tell by the way I walk, that I'm a ladies' man with no time to talk. <laughs> 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Ward. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the liberty movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. Free Talk Live. We can take your calls. (laughs) Back up and running. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Yes, if you have called in, I do see you there. Don't you worry. Can we get a Windows 10 vaccine so that that thing doesn't get viruses and shutdowns all the time? Is that what happened? No, probably not. Okay. And then it gives you that little happy face like, I'm completely inept at my job as a computer. (laughs) Happy face. (laughs) This is the guy we want in charge of the the COVID-19 vaccines. That guy? Because programmers should always develop vaccines. You know, I'm happy for the uptime I get from my computers. A lot of loads put on these little personal computing devices. We're only, I mean, I remember it was a big deal to have a uh, uh, a scientific calculator when I was in high school in chemistry class. I played around on my f- cousin's PC, but when I was in high school at 18 years old, I'm 49 now, for those who don't know. It was the idea of having a computer in your home was ludicrous in the 1980s. I mean, you know, in the 1990s, people were beginning to start thinking about these computer things. And some people had them even by the end. But there were plenty of Americans that didn't have a computer by, you know, the Y2K uh, changeover. I didn't have my first uh, computer of my own until like freshman year of college. And what year was that? 19. uh, Yep. 1999. 1999. So let's go to the phones, to the fun. First, before I do that, I have to thank Paul Barnes, who is a silver amplifier. Paul, uh, you and people like you who might go to amp.freetalklive.com are uh, worthy of our thanks because you're the ones who keep us going. It's amp, A-M-P 
amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to David calling in from Virginia. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you. You know, I've got to tell you, you opened my eyes in so many things. I used to be a hard conservative, and uh, some of the things that you've introduced me to have really made a difference. Even questions like, do you really want a real ID system where the government determines you have papers to travel about? This is something we still have to resist today. But the big thing for me, there is a person on YouTube named Josie Outlaw, I think. Oh, yeah, she, she used to be video. on the show at one point. She had a video, and it was titled, A Prison by Any Other Name. And it just hit me home. And after that, I learned more about the Prussian education system. And I'll tell you what, considering this virus is not a good thing, but it also offers an opportunity to turn to a completely internet education system where the savings in tax dollars could be returned to the families so they could have a better standard of living and afford to stay home and care for their kids. Yeah. And even more, even more than that, I mean, why is a state propagating, using my money, my tax dollars to propagate opinions that I disagree with and find odious? And, because and you voluntarily give thing. them that money. I don't think the property is, taxes know, are voluntary. It's in the Virginia Freedom of Religious document, uh, Freedom of Religion document that Madison wrote that it's it's tyranny to to compel people to fund the propagation of ideas not their own, mm. and and I'll tell you what we should be going to the internet system because what are we going to do in September? Send our kids into those into those flu breeders Cesspools. where they're all together in large groups. What are we going to do? It jeopardizes their lives, and I don't want to do that. I'd rather put my kid on the internet and heck, most of what I learned of any value, lasting value, came from home anyway. So, yeah, I I have to agree 100%. I mean, uh, you know, we educated my kid at home for a long time. Uh, we uh, just recently this year sent him off to a, a private school, and the reason we sent him off to a private school was because, frankly, you know. I, I felt like he kind of knew the stuff that he needed to know and wanted to hang out with other kids. Right. And can I say one last thing? Yeah, go ahead, David. It, it really it's a it's a it's something that upsets me deeply. Why are my tax dollars funding? And I hate to say the word a communist socialist union like the NEA and the AFT, or even for that matter the MLA conference, considering what they push on our kids. I don't even know what those uh, letters necessarily mean. So two things. Uh, the I've, I, I'm on record of saying the only legitimate protest is a tax protest, right? So if you want to if you want to stand your ground there and say like I'm not funding this, then you have to find a way to withhold your tax payment and accept whatever consequences comes with that. If you can't rally support, you know your neighbor's support behind you to defend against the aggression that the government will bring forth. Yeah, so That's giving them tough. a house it is tough. giving them a house instead cool. of a couple grand My is not defunding them. Understood. My vote is to simply go to internet schooling for their safety so they don't get exposed to diseases and right. and pestilence. Then you need to find a state or a country, right, with better homeschooling laws uh, than where you're currently at. And move there. Wait, who well, says his state doesn't have good homeschooling laws? I, I don't know what Virginia has school. or doesn't, but I would say this. Better the, than California. The first step on this activism is to simply advise people that this is a good idea. And calling into a nationally syndicated radio program is probably a good place to start to say, hey, look, you know, now's 
the perfect time because we're already doing it. Yeah. So exactly. I spoke to a public a school one. teacher today. Thank you, David. Um, I spoke to a public school teacher today who says she's working just as hard now under these conditions as she would otherwise be doing. And so, you know, it's different, not easier. And, and if she's blah, teaching blah, blah, internet blah. classes, that might be true. Yeah. I don't know. She, uh, yeah. So. It might be more difficult because it's easier to hide in a little tiny square than it is like in a classroom where you're physically there. And I'm, I'm like, hey, person laying under the desk, like what, pay attention. Or and, and you're only giving them a house if you let them take your house. Oh, they will. They may, right? Like, it's they not will. let no, them. Like they're going to come with their no, army no, no. and remove you. There, there's historical precedents. I don't remember the, the specifics of it, of uh, farm auctions, right? The bank comes to take the farm, right? Yep. You defaulted on your payment. The bank comes to take the farm. They held the auction. And the neighborhoods, the neighbors, the other farmers would go out and support. Okay, well, that's not you them. letting them. That's society not letting them. That's why I said you, you got to get if support. You let them. Well, because it's hard to do without support, right? You're, if, it's if, impossible it's only you, to do without support because it's you versus the United States government. Yeah, you and the government's lose. main thing is turning us against each other. And then they're going to have your house. Right. So get support, right? Yep. And then do what the farmers did in whatever year they did, you know, the penny auctions where they took the farm. And they could only sell it back for pennies on the dollar back to the farmer who lost it in the first place because the surrounding neighbors, the community, wouldn't allow anything else. Well, here on Free Talk Live, generally throughout the years, we've been on the uh, air for close to two decades at this point, we tend not to advocate for uh, protests that we won't do ourselves. And that's because, you know, it. it I don't know. You lead I mean, from the front, I guess. That's just honesty. I'm not going to tell you to do something I'm not going to do. And it's hard to tell somebody to, you know, it, it's hard. What you're talking about, she ain't easy, right? Right. Maybe well, just move to Saipan where they don't have property taxes. There you go. So um, public schools there are paid for by, uh, well, U.S. taxpayers. <laughs> Suckers. Let's go to the phone lines. Penguin calling him from Virginia. Uh, thank you for calling in on the phone lines. Penguin, I haven't gotten the Discord lines open yet. Okay. I get a little bit of technical difficulties. I understand. Um I heard what you were talking about about the protest, the um, Operation Gridlock, I think, protest, and the with where it's slowing down and block, or blocking traffic. Now, understanding that, of course, they can't stand outside. They, they kind of have to improvise. Well, but on they their can. That was the thing. They could, well, they can, yes, technically. Like, they can go yeah, stand. And, or they can have a protest. If they want to do it in their cars, they can do, go to an empty parking lot. That wouldn't be kidnapping people. And it is a protest. And it is a pro- Well, okay, it is a protest, though. I mean, you might as well break the law or the rule or whatever this thing is. The anyway, right to peaceably assemble is Congress shall make no law is the uh, the statement, yeah. right? Well, when you're protesting Congress, I'm not sure how... Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. but I'm not even sure if you really should re- need to respect what their uh, rules, but my, what I'm saying is why why not uh, block traffic? What's, what's, what's the deal? You're protesting. Um, I would say the first thing is is that you're not going to get any, but you're not making any friends. And uh, people already tend to hate protesters. And when protesters stand out in the street or put their cars in the street or whatever, they really put themselves in bad stead. Um, that for me, I think it's a PR stand, PR primarily. Well, because ki- kidnapping people is bad, regardless of what your motives are. Free talk live. Free Talk Live. Go to freetalklive.com. Sign up for our newsletter. 
Uh, they'll stay up to date on all the information about Free Talk Live, the stations we add, and the important things that happen, the co-hosts that go to jail. You never know. Here on Free Talk Live, <laughs> it's Mark with you. Richard Rich. And Melanie. I said Mark, sorry. And we're bringing Penguin uh, from Virginia back on because uh, Melanie didn't like the way he's thinking. So, uh, Penguin, you're back on Free Talk Live to be lambasted by Melanie. Don't forget to thank her. Uh- yeah, well, of course, I kind of asked for it because I've called in to respond to what you guys were saying, and um, I'm seeing you hold it, you know, some of these ideas pretty strongly. Um, I, mean, I think if the, if you have something, I've never particularly went outside and protested anything myself, but if you have something that angers you this much that you you, you really need to, to go up against the power. And, and But the power isn't people way, trying to drive to Walgreens and trying to drive to work. The power is the people in the buildings it, it, and the people with the guns. Put, yeah, but with protesting badges. is protesting may have the, uh, and I agree, it could be bad PR. It's cost benefit. Well, I don't like. Protesting. I don't care about PR. Mark because of PR. I don't care what it looks like. You're not the fact that you're protesting means people disagree with you. People don't have protests and be like criminalize murder. Because everyone agrees with you, so there's no reason to protest that. Well, so the example that always comes up with that is the 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 priest who gets arrested like on a weekly basis feeding the homeless, right? That's an act of protest because it's illegal to feed the homeless where he was at, and he repeatedly fed the homeless. Yeah. That person doing that can garner a sympathetic audience of people going like, yeah, they should not be arresting a priest for feeding the homeless, even though it's illegal, right? Whereas other protests do not garner that sympathy and don't have the same uh, public relations that you would want for support of your cause. But if you're going to... so. But that's that's a I don't care about that. I care about are you doing something that is wrong? And if you're blocking the road and you're not a tow truck or emergency services or a road repair person, then the answer is yes. And I mean, I, I think okay, go ahead. If you Sorry. could somehow identify who was part of blocking the road versus who was just trying to get through, which practically you can't, but if you somehow could, I would have no problem with physically removing those people from the road because that's don't ridiculous. block roads. That's ridiculous. If you're going to protest something, this is a, this is a, a near totalitarian society. If you're going to protest something, yes, people may be inconvenienced. Yes, people may be. But you're pro- but you're protesting yes, a lockdown by blocking down the property street. Property might be property might be destroyed. Things might things might happen. It's, it's you're what describing a riot, a, not a protest. A, Pick your target a, then. Well, destroy the government. No, I mean, Everybody I mean, on the road is risk. not your enemy. The government is your enemy. Uh, so I'm going to go back to the PR. All right. You're not going to get what you want if you make enough people angry. All you're going to get is the opposite of what you want. And remember, everybody who protests starts out at in the negative because people, for whatever reason, like there's been studies on this, people hate protesters. So what you have to do with a protest, you have to somehow turn your audience. And, it, you know, the public sentiment matters. So and having going, a 90-year-old priest feed homeless people is great PR. That is awesome and you know per, you know look at that and see how you can get the that kind of PR but you know standing in the road parking in the road doing whatever gives your the people who with whom you disagree all of the moral high ground and it's a terrible position to take you may be angry those people may be wrong Whatever. The world's full of wrong people. We live in a society that for the the 9,000 years prior to this thought that slavery was acceptable and moral. 
and just now is managing to drag itself out of that. And all the protests, all the slave revolts, all the things that were done prior to that, very few of them had any real, you know, change. So it takes time to change people's minds. Thanks for the call, yeah, Penguin, though. Uh, I do appreciate absolutely. it. Thank you. Free Talk Live. Uh, let's go to David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, exposing gang tactics, um, but comment on what you just said. You guys are doing a bunch of the right things, and I don't want to go all into that, but what you're not doing is uh, what, what would really make you effective. Is I mean, if, you're, if you take the example of who came to this, this continent in the first place, they just up and left. And so, and I know you went to New Hampshire, but there's still a bunch of people around there. Meanwhile, there's a whole bunch of places in the U.S. that are almost empty. And if you really want to get away from them, you know, up and leave, go to those places in small communities, and then just totally don't interact to the degree that you can, which is quite a bit. But anyway, busting up gangs. Um, so the government media complex and, and uh, listening to you on KENN in Farmington, New Mexico. Dave, um, and, look, um, hey, uh, yeah. I, I, I do want to talk about your topic, but at this point, I, you know, you brought something up and I'm, I want to talk about it. Uh, so the, the idea okay. of how well, do you actually, get freer? Actually, you... Actually, you brought it up and I commented on it. Okay. But, go, but now that we got Let's that go straightened out, go ahead. Let's go to it. I mean, you're on enough that we'll get you know we'll get to your topic in in, in due time. But I've got I got a few minutes here and I want to talk about yeah. this. So now there have been I'm a bit of an expert on these projects where you should move to this place, you should move to that place. I run a page on Facebook called the Move Here Project, and. Um, it's, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be updated very often because there's not very many of these projects, but back in the day there was like Ron Paul town in Texas. They, you know, they were going to move out to West Texas and some County where there's not very many people in a County. And, you know, there's so many counties in Texas. It's amazing. And you can literally move there, but you know, like Texas is something like the 20 at the time was like the 23rd freest state in the union. So not exactly, um, you know, the, the freest place in America. And so, I mean, you know, you still under the thumb of Texas and well, you're, well, you're, you're but hey, wait, let me, let me, yeah, uh, but you're not, but you're not, if they're not paying attention to you and if you're not breaking their laws and you're not interacting with them, then they're not really paying attention to you, and there's more to be said about that. But let me shut up and let you respond uh, to to that comment. So there's a there's a documentary on YouTube. I watched it a long time ago. I believe it's called Anarchism in America, and it was a very small group of people who moved out. I believe to like the d- desert in New Mexico, somewhere out there. This is where Dave lives, right? But they started their own little community. You know, no no paved roads, no way to get there. You have to like make the haul the trip into town to get supplies or whatever. But they were left virtually all alone because it wasn't worth enforcing anything out there. So to David's right. credit and to his point, yeah, there are places that you can go where you are still technically under the thumb of the government, but not worth their time there are and also effort. Also, lo- most of New Hampshire is rural, so most of New Hampshire is almost like that anyway. Well, I thought right, I'd found the place, the, the freest place in the Union when I went to uh, the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands for the Crypto Frontier Project. And I'm certainly not going to speak uh, poorly of it because, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of freedom going on. However, the COVID-19 thing happened and 
they locked down the island. I mean, there's no flights coming in or going out. All they have is the uh, the little crop dusters that run from uh, that island hop, the island hoppers, I guess, as they call them. And that's it. I mean, you can go to Guam, but you have to basically take one of these little things to go there. Previously, you could take a United jet, you know, and until that comes back, I'm not terribly interested in... You know, if you, were, over. if you weren't planning on leaving the Northern Marianas, though, like what difference did that make? Well, um, I was, though. I, okay. mean, I, I only had a couple more weeks that I intended to stay because I had my time frame set out. I got to get 183 days to be a bona fide resident of uh, the Commonwealth of Northern Mariana, Mariana Islands. And, uh, you know, that and a few other uh, hurdles that one jumps, you get uh, huge tax savings and uh, the IRS takes you off the rolls, which is a big deal, right? Like it's the scariest organization in America. And one thing that Dave has done, which is laudable, right, is he's cut his income so he doesn't have to pay these people. Yeah. And, and that's been, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, please. No, and I was going to say that that's what I'm getting at. That that along with what Richie said is that you, you're uh, you're you're subject to them, but they're not paying any attention because you're you're not breaking any law and you're not worth bothering with, and so you essentially become become free in that manner. And then yeah, you cut your you cut your living expenses so low that you really don't have to play in their world very much. Almost almost every one of your needs uh, comes from what you're producing with your, within your own community or what you're trading for outside of your community. But it, but it, my point is, is it can be done. And if you and the model's been done over and over and over again, I don't want to drag you through that. I'll, you just think of all the different, you know, the pilgrims came here and then the Mormons went there and the Amish did, are doing this over here and the Mennonites are doing that and the Indians are sticking to them themselves. And those, those things, to a great degree, work. And what I'm saying is that's been done over and over and over and over again on from very tiny scales to large scales and with idiots you know jim jones and david koresh and all that crap too but but if you if you don't do the negative stuff well yeah um, just because they're, they're, they're just because somebody did something stupid doesn't mean that they didn't uh, that they don't have something in their model that's worth following david thank you so much i really think this is a, a great conversation to be had and um, you know, we, we gotta we gotta be open to new ideas so that you can hear new thoughts. And I never really quite thought of it the way that uh, David was saying there. So, yeah. Well, freetalklive.com. Put your mask on. Go to the internet. <laughs> Find out about your common law rights. Move about the land freely in your personal conveyance or on foot. Know what to say if stopped by a man or woman in a costume and proceed safely on your way. Also, Find out how to lawfully keep all the money you make free of tax. Protect your liberty and freedoms in a peaceful and lawful way by adding William Stenson 60 at yahoo.com to your Skype contacts. And let's talk free on Skype. That's William Stenson 60 at yahoo.com. 